Welcome once again to The Lost Signals Discusses Games and Gaming Culture, a pretentious, philosophical, pedantic podcast where we focus on various aspects of video games as well as other issues and topics within gaming in general. Hello there. Welcome back to The Lost Signals Games and Gaming Culture. I am your first person protagonist, Scott Thurlow, and I'm here with my best AI companions, Jonathan Ian Manzer. Sorry, I'm an optional party member. <laughs> yes. And Stephen Amosi. Hello. And uh, yeah, so we're going to discuss uh, NPC slash uh, AI companions, and that is a very sort of broad um, label, I guess we'll say. So given that, I'm going to toss it to E for a bit to speak about like how we might classify in to certain degrees of where they fall under. So I was thinking about what is a companion in video games and how is it differentiate between a party member in video games and a couple of other aspects. So I also thought that perhaps escort quests and stuff quest yeah. companions are different necessarily than companions. I would agree because it's more temporary in a sense. Yes, uh, but then you have games such as Resident Evil 4 which is basically a giant escort quest right. or uh, Ico. Mm. Uh, but I think that Party members are the difference between a party member and a say companion is that they both are secondary characters that follow you through the game, except that I believe party members, a la uh, JRPGs uh, when I was growing up, are ones you directly control their uh, combat uh, actions aspects. and so forth. Yeah, and how companions are sometimes necessary in games and required such as uh elizabeth in bioshock um but other names are optional but they're independent you can ditch them but yeah you don't you don't you cannot directly control them via the mechanical gameplay i think that's the big difference between a companion necessarily a party member well i wouldn't i don't know if i would say that you can like be, the ability to ditch them is part of. Right. Like, I mean, that was a, that was a bit of a joke on my part. But for yeah, sure. like yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like party members are completely controlled by you. Like all their actions are controlled by you, including like, you know, they're either like a even like dialogue tag, choices. They're like a direct tag along. Like they won't fight unless you tell them what to do. Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and companions kind of do their own thing like they'll get into combat that you maybe don't want them to sometimes <laughs> yeah, i like, will speak about that like that but yeah. for sure yeah yeah so i think that's a pretty good like, good like sort of general subdivision of like classifications mm-hmm. of like where these fall under so i just have a, 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 a list of a bunch of them that i can go through so actually you brought up one so i'll start there res evil 4 one of my favorite games and one of the best res evil games i always argue for mm-hmm. so yeah like it becomes essentially like a quote-unquote escort but like you, I think you find Ashley like maybe a third or less through into the game, and then she's there. So you definitely don't directly can. Uh, actually, it's a little bit iffy. So this is actually a good uh, case study, if you will. You don't play as her, nor can you switch to her. However, you can have her like hide in dumpster or whatever. Yeah. So like she's not like she's not getting in your way of combat, and she also even if she is on screen, she'll like duck and get out of the way when you're trying to shoot stuff. So like, I was originally going to just looking more of like the AI like how good or not the AI responds and or um, compliments you as a player for a given game that features such a character and companion. Right. So, like, that one's pretty good, like I said, like, because you can sort of be like, go away <laughs> so you don't get in my way. And she doesn't necessarily get in your way that much all the time anyways. But she's an important part of the narrative, for sure. And it's like, the joke is that you're bad enough, or you, as Leon Kennedy, bad enough to rescue the president's daughter. You're like, Great. <laughs> it's kind of the plot. Yeah. But yeah, but there is, I will mention, there is one section, I believe, in the castle, if I recall my Resident Evil 4 correctly, where she has to, like, you know, turn a crank or whatever. And you've seen this in other games before, for yeah. sure. 
they have to go do something and you have to defend them. And if they die, then you have to restart the segment. Right. So there is a direct one there for one but little it's part. It's not direct control as it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, right. For sure, it's not. Produce, uh, giving an order to your companion. Right. And actually, uh, <laughs> you're going to talk about this a little bit. God of War has mm. that aspect to it. Yeah. But it's still not, you're not taking control of that character. Directly, yes, and exactly. That. That, that, and that, in the instance that I was mentioning, it's that's more of like, it's closer to an escort quest because you have to defend her and you cannot control that character directly. But. It's different from like the other parts of it where you can be like, again, go hide in a closet or whatever while I clear out a room. Now, uh, since we're on Resident Evil, I think this is also a good delineation of it. Is Resident Evil 5, if you play yes. it single player, uh, you have a companion. It's motherfucking there. impossible, though, because the AI sucks is what no, I can say to you. Regardless of that aspect, but you can right. theoretically have uh, – or you can have a uh, friend of yours take control of the second character in that. But that's the thing is. Yeah, you have a person directing them, but it's not you as the initial player following uh, was it Chris Redfield. Yeah, in that one. Uh, uh, so yeah, even like it's theoretically a character that another player could, could take control of and act, but you never control them. Right. So like it's funny because Resident Evil Five, like it's like, almost like the other end of the scale. I've to- I believe I've mentioned this a number of times on air that you and I played Resident Evil Five co op, yeah. and it was pretty fun. Even though it was one of the shit Resident Evil games in terms of plot, like it was fun enough to do it because at least we now have two humans making smart tactical decisions in any given situation. When you try to play Resident Evil Five solo, the fucking AI is like ridiculous. It uses all your herbs, it, like it doesn't help you at all. <laughs> like it fucks up like a lot. So it's like really fucking annoying. And like that's sort of the one thing, one of the things that I wanted to speak about, where like where the uh. The programming is like just so off that it, it becomes annoying slash impossible slash frustrating mm-hmm. to play a game when you don't have someone, uh, an actual human, to step into the other character that can ostensibly be controlled or do it co-op. Right. I I was uh I think that's interesting. Like, so you, you talk about Resident Evil Four. I was trying to think back to like the earlier, what the earliest game that I can remember with a companion that did that is that I played. I don't even know what it is. I got a good but, one like, for you. I, I played a bunch of RPGs back in the day, but like we said, those aren't, aren't exactly. They're party members more than anything. Yeah, they're more like above the uh, on the scale of companions. Like they're more hard set, if you will. Yeah, gone. But um, I don't even. I don't even know what it, like Resident Evil Four is pretty old at this point. But there certainly must have been something before. I got that, a good right? one for you. Yeah. I, I just thought of it. I didn't put it on the list. Uh, Sonic and Tails. Mm-hmm. So Tails would be there, like, doing shit. And sometimes, because he was, like, slightly slower than Sonic, That's he would true. fuck you over. That's true. And But that was that was cool, too, because you could, if you had a second controller, yeah, you then could you take, could, somebody else yeah. could take over for Tails. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, that's probably one of the earliest, like, maybe not the earliest, but one of the earliest that I can think of now that you mentioned that. Yeah. So we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. Do you guys think that a companion needs to provide mechanical uh advantage or like a, a mechanical aspect aspect throughout the game or so mm. like i mean maybe we'll, i'll just get this out of the way quickly i i had uh Otacon from metal gear solid as one and somebody on my list but you guys mentioned like he doesn't really do anything for you he kind of just gives you advice and and some funny forget, stuff like I, yeah, yeah, he, comic relief. yeah he's comic relief and i think he gives you like some kind of like he gives you like a, items a, and stuff. Yeah, it's like a, he's like he's almost like a tutorial. Right. So to answer your question, like yeah, like that's why I sort of started out with having E like kind of delineate them like roughly, right? So like yes, he's a good character and within that world and story and setting, he rounds it out. But mechanically, he, you don't do anything with him. So in um, 
Elder Scrolls or in the Fallout Any Bethesda games. You, pay, <laughs> you can't, but theoretically you could have a second player take control of that. I mean, right. uh, Otacon, you couldn't do that. Right. Like, yeah. the, his, his role wouldn't... So, so I guess in the same series, like in the new Metal Gear Solid game, you get a dog. Right. And that... Like, you do have a companion in that, in that game. That's what I have, yeah. Which I think you mentioned yeah, as well. Paul. I do have Phantom Pain, and you're right. So, in that, in Phantom Pain, like, as opposed to the other Metal Gears, you, I think it's, it's Diamond Dog and, um, Quiet, and I think Quiet, there's yeah. one other companion, maybe, if I, if I recall correctly. At least those two for sure. Yeah. And yeah, like, you can, you can choose to have them, uh, accompany you on missions, or you can do it solo. And if you have them, then you have a whole set of gear to equip them with, and there's certain behaviors, like, you can have, you can mark enemies for quiet to snipe. You can mark enemies for uh, diamond dog to go attack mm-hmm. or distract or whatever. So yeah, that is definitely in the more, again, the way I was thinking of it, more mechanically, like you're utilizing them. They're not yeah. just there in cutscenes and stuff. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So you guys mentioned, um, I mean, I'll just back it up. Like God of War slash, uh, Atreus might be the best, awesomest one ever because yeah. like we, we've, t- we've danced around it. So there's some narrative aspects to it. Like companions can have be purely narrative, uh, serve that purpose, or they can be mechanical, and oftentimes they overlap. I think Atreus is the perfect balance of both because he's so integral to the story, and he's a mechanic that you use like a lot throughout and get used to it. And then, spoiler, when he goes away, it's like a gut punch to you as a player, and and like via vicariously, like as Kratos's character. Uh, yeah. So if you don't want spoilers for God of War, stop right now, and because I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Yeah. Good. Um. But I think it's really fascinating. Like, yeah, when he goes away, it's like harsh, but it's way more infuriating when he stops listening to you and does whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck he wants. And like, a bratty teenager. Yeah, yeah, like a bratty kid. Like, you, you know, you, you get this like feeling of and having, yeah, it's of impactful being, of being a dad and having a kid <laughs> not listen to what you're saying. And like, ah, and it's, it was just yeah, so sure. well done, like that character in that game. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's probably it's yeah. the gold standard of companions for sure. I agree at this point, like at least for this generation, like by far, like no question. But I mean, there's a couple of good ones. You uh, mentioned Bioshock Infinite, so I wasn't sure like how that was going to work when when it was coming out. It's essentially one long like somebody I watched watching some videos. Someone pointed out like eighty percent of your mission goals in Infinite are like find Elizabeth, search for Elizabeth, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, similar in, in a sense to Ashley from Resident Evil 4, like, when she is there, when she's accompanying you, she can't die. She can't take damage. She's certainly an integral. Like, you could argue that she's actually the main character of the game versus Booker. Mm. But also, like, you need her to advance plot things. She, d- she opens up the tears and stuff. She creates um items. And sometimes she'll just toss you items in the middle of a fight as well. So she's so super helpful, which, of course, endears you to her in a, in a sense similar to Atreus or like when, and when he's being a bratty teenager, then you're like, you stupid, you goddamn little brat. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. Right. So like when it's used effectively, it can sort of cover both the narrative and mechanical end to achieve a, a pretty good effect that you really can't do as I was arguing for in any other medium. So yeah, um, got a couple, you mentioned the Bethesda thing. So I have like Bethesda companion system all in caps trademarked. Yeah. It's like, yeah, here's my issue with it. And we've definitely mentioned this a couple of times when it's come up in previous episodes. So, you can get a companion, like, let's say Lydia from Skyrim is the first one that comes to mind. Okay, that's nice. She'll help you fight, like, sometimes. But A, at least my personal play style, I don't, you guys can tell me if yours is different. I like to sneak. I like to get sneak crit damage on things. They will fucking Leroy Jenkins themselves, like, all the time. <laughs> you know, like, that fucks up my strategy. So, the, for the most part, what I did was I used them as mules. Yeah. But then sometimes, because Bethesda bugs, also trademarked, 
Like they, they fucking vanish into the yeah. ether <laughs> with, with all my shit. Yeah. So like I'm mistrustful of them, that especially ha- in those games. That happened to me a couple times in Fallout Three. Yeah. Like load down my NPCs with as much as they could carry, and then they just vanish. Yep. And, and then like, like, well, the, that's all my shit. The next mountain, they're gone. Yeah. Well, I spent my entire uh, Skyrim experience role-playing, actually being in the college there, so I spent all the time reading all the books <laughs> yeah. and uh, occasionally doing a quest here and there. Yeah. So never had any companions. Yeah, he was like, oh, listen, I'm a professor. I got, I got office hours. Go away, please. <laughs> a loner yeah. professor. Lone wolf professor. But that's funny. Like, like also like, a good segue because, again, my personal preference is like – and these immersive kind of games, I like to feel as if the, the lone adventurer, like you know, the, the lone wanderer out in the wastelands, like having a companion there could add something, but it often detracts from me from like from that experience, from immersing myself in like a desolate world or like the open, you know, white fields of Skyrim or whatever. Right. But some of them uh, can also, again, like especially New Vegas for sure, that they had interesting quest lines that were pertinent to some of the factions that you met. And like if you follow them through, like Boone, I, I remember like his was a pretty good story. Like, he intertwined with the story of the NCR. So yeah. that was interesting to follow, you know, do his quest lines and see like what happened. But that meant you had to like basically have him tag along to every fucking thing you ever did. So mind if I throw out a couple of here? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, on, I think a debatable one where between party members and by, by the criteria we've established. Okay. So SNES, two SNES games and one more recent one. Uh, I guess I'll start with the recent one. The one, the one where you have all the companions in it. Um, Dragon Age? Dragon Age, yes. Yeah. Thank you. And, I've uh, never but, played it, but I know exactly so, what you're talking about. Uh, I do you, have that one on the list. You have, theoretically, you can direct control all the characters in there, and it's more of a party system. Uh, mm. But if you go back to, like, Secret of Mana, where... Which I also have, yep, for can, sure. But the thing is, this implementation of AI for them as well is that you can play the entire game with only the boy uh, in Secret of Mana, and have the sprite and the girl do whatever yeah. uh, on the AI system you develop for that same thing with uh, Dragon's Age. Likewise, Final Fantasy three or six, depending on what country you're in, uh, actually allowed you to have other people control the characters in combat. I forgot you about have, that. So actually, Secret Mana had that too. Technically, if you had the stupid little adaptive yeah, thing, you can have actually three people playing well, the game. Well, so it kind of bridges that weird gap between uh, that's when, that's uh, the difference between a party member and a companion. And I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was interesting. No, that's that's actually a very neat point because like those ones are sort of outliers. Like obviously that was like the exception, not the rule of games back in the day. But like they sort of experimented with it and tried it, and like yeah, it was fun. Uh, if you could get someone next to you and like now you're playing the game together and they're directly controlling a character that would have been AI controlled otherwise. Mm. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Um, yeah. So as you mentioned Dragon Age, which I definitely had on my list because especially Inquisition, and I thought it was a really well done because I played it solo. Like you cannot have someone come in co-op, mm-hmm. but you could switch manually between your like if yeah. you chose to between characters. And they had a very extensive AI system where you could set a number of parameters behaviors for each of your party members. Maybe too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> It's funny you mention that because I kind of agree. Like, uh, I, I felt almo- almost overwhelmed. I'm like, holy shit, like, you can, like, have aggressive, like, slider and, like, you could set. But it's a double-edged sword because once I was familiar with some of their skills and, like, what they used, I'm like, all right, I want you to use A spell first and then go, then default to B spell, whatever. I want you to be aggressive because you're my tank. I want you, the mage, like, to hang back, whatever. I want you to support, like, buff me up or debuff the enemies and heal us. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, like, if they weren't, for the most part, I found them, like, to be pretty effective from what I said, their, their AIs. But every once in a while, of course, since AI is not perfected yet, or maybe it never will be, but regardless, in the Dragon Age example, sometimes I'd be like, all right, I'm taking direct control of you because you're not doing exactly 
the thing I need you to do at this point to make it an effective combat situation or whatever. Mm. Wizards don't melee. <laughs> yes. Wizards don't melee. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I'll just pick up a couple more. Um, maybe you and I can speak about this one. Uh, you haven't played it yet, Stevo, but a game I quite liked, and it's so far one of my favorite games this year, A Plague Tale, Innocence. Similar-ish to... Not to the, the degree that God awarded, but you play as a young noble French woman, like she's like 14 or 15, with like a younger brother who's like seven or eight. And the whole dynamic is built around that relationship. So like as they evolve as people, like it's a, it's a very dark game. Like it starts with a tragedy and like dark things happen and mm-hmm. set in the Hundred Years War during the plague of, in France, um, the, the Black Death. So sometimes in order to like, it's a, it's basically a stealth game. So for the most part, you're like holding your little brother's hand, but you can let go of his hand and, and leave him like in a bush or whatever. So you can like go around and do whatever you need to do in the stage. But if you let it go too long, he'll start being like, I can't remember her name. Like, yo, where are you? Like, I can't find you. Like, please help. So like that. And then that triggers the stealth. Um, it triggers all the enemies to know where you are on the map. Yeah. So like you sort of have to balance that. But I thought it made sense and like was nicely woven in there as a mechanic, but also pertinent to the narrative and to the characters. And then you also play as him, I believe, for at least one chapter, maybe two. So, yeah, like you switch off. Nice. And I thought it was a good dynamic, like really well interwoven there with gameplay and story. Very similarly, I played, whose name I forget, but it's something like the Cursed Princess and the Blind Prince. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that has the thing where you have to navigate your companion, the prince, through uh, platforms. Like puzzles and stuff, yeah. It's, all, it's more puzzle mechanics than it is necessarily a companion. Like there's system, no AI yeah. on its own. Yeah, I think that kind of stuff is interesting, though. Like with the uh, The if you leave if you leave him for too long, like it has negative effects on you, things Mm. like that. Like, and that's so I like that they're adding in like the companions' feelings to the uh, to the process. Like, you know, I think that there's a lot to be explored, uh, or a lot that hasn't been explored with like proper companion, like. Type games or like no. games where you have like another character. It's like a that core either mechanic. depends yeah. on you or that you depend on throughout. And I, that's why I like seeing games like uh, God of War. And it sounds like um, Plague Tale. Is you should play. Similar. You should play Plague Tale. Uh, yeah, it's, a it's sound, I, I, it sounds I, really I, cool. I but yeah, I mean, you're right. That's an interesting point. Where like it's not really often hasn't been as explored in the medium, right. even though it seems kind of rife because of the nature of the way you can do it, or at least when done well. It'll it'll have like a different experience and a positive one, I would say. Yeah. In order to again like uh, build up the narrative and endear you and have you like uh, sort of imprint upon the characters. Yeah. So there's a couple more like not that much. Uh, this is a recent one, so a bit. Of, uh, I'll go a little bit to the negative. So I'll start with an older game. We played a lot of, but uh, co-op God of War was awesome. However, when you're playing it solo. Again, your fucking companions would suicidally leave or drinking themselves like all the time. Gears of War? Yeah. What did I say? Got away. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Gears. Gears. Yeah. So like Dom would just like fucking barrel roll himself like (laughs) into like, you know, just charge rush things and like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is a cover shooter. (laughs) Stop doing that. So it it could become annoying because it wasn't like the AI just wasn't balanced enough. It didn't make sense and it was frustrating because it would fuck you over and you'd have to spend half your time saving your companion. You felt like you had to beat bosses as fast as possible so you didn't get screwed over by your companion, whoever's like there. So I just thought you were looking for an early one? Star Fox. Oh, true. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. Help me out here, Fox. Shut the fuck up, Slippy. Do a bar- Do a bar- <laughs> did barrel roll? Yeah. Did him saying barrel roll get you? Remind you of that? <laughs> That's great. Nice, but it's a good one. Yeah. So, like 
they were you couldn't control them right but they could take if they died like it was a negative thing i believe like something it was like yeah. a slight negative upon you but that's especially in the 64 when you did the big space battles yeah yeah they did play a role there. yeah true well it was like if, they were assisting you if yeah. it well, not only were they, like, shooting down some enemies, but also if they died, a lot more enemies were on you right away. Like, it would... Yeah, True, I mean, yeah. But anyway, that's a good one. A good call. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I got a couple others. Oh, yeah, that's one. Um, so Gears of War was annoying about that, as I just said. And then I just recently played through Wolfenstein Youngblood, which was okay in the end. I was more... I thought it was better at, um, early on. When I was done, I was like, eh, it's all right. But it's designed to be co-op. Your your BJ's two daughters now, they're like 19 or 20. And uh, if you're doing it solo, the AI was like, okay, it was fine enough. Like sometimes she would be absolutely brutal. Just like murder things before I can't even get to them. <laughs> now other times, specifically in boss fights, when like you're getting a lot more shit thrown at you and like a lot more damage against you. I remember, I think it was a lost battle fight. Couple of times, like two or three times, trying to get through it. I was literally like dying. I was in like, you know, fight for your life mode and like you know, they have to come rescue me. I was like frantically mashing the help me prompt and she was standing there next to me just shooting the boss, like <laughs> doing fuck all. And like what that and because of the way the life system works, I'm like, great, now I have to redo this whole fucking thing. Like, yeah. So like again, it can get wonky and like, but of course, you, you might say to me, like, those games are designed specifically, a la Resident Evil 5, to play it with another human, but that's nice, but I always have that option. So, like, when I have right. to do it solo, it becomes kind of annoying because of the way they sometimes set up the AI. Left 4 Dead and Warhammer, all of Vermintide, kind of similar, like, mm-hmm. again, they're specifically designed for co-op games, but you can do it solo, which I did, but sometimes, like, the fucking, um, your other party members would, like, get stuck on a ledge infinitely and, like, <laughs> never move. Yeah, awesome. it can be up and down, but it's just interesting to me. Like you said, Sivo, I think you kind of um, brought up something that was in the back of my mind, but didn't quite explore that. Yeah, it's rife for this kind of stuff. When like yeah. when they, like a developer sets out, like okay, we want to have a companion system that matters, that like is impactful both emotionally and can be also u- utilized uh, in a mechanical way. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a much more difficult task to program an ai that's with your character the entire time and like you not only that like mechanically Mm. fits into the game well but also emotionally and like narratively fits into the game well um and but you know it's it's really really nice when you see a game that does it well like we were talking about uh god of war and like that your relationship with your kid with your ai child is (laughs) brilliant yeah. Well, this is uh, to build off what you just said. Th- I think it, it there's a difficulty when it's an open world game yeah. because you may never even stumble upon a companion uh, that might uh, that otherwise, if you stumble upon early, would have a significant mm, yeah. emotional impact. Versus the more linear um, a God of War, mm. which they can because you're stuck with him or, or you have this it's more constrained his, kind of your yeah, yeah it, it allows mm-hmm. them to more focus on that story yeah, yeah for so. sure i mean the play tale again same way mm-hmm. so i got one more i'll give one shout out far cry 5 uh not not itself um the spin-off new dawn was that, actually there were companions in 5 too but i thought new dawns are pretty good because they were like somewhat comedic relief and they could be useful my favorite was a very old grandmother she's like 80 but she's a <laughs> sniper so she like, <laughs> and like you could also nice. le- you could also level them up. So like they get enough kills, they get like do more damage or whatever. So like, but she had some funny shit to say. Like she's like, all these hooligans are at it again. And she's like, ah, oh, boom, headshot. Like it's a reference <laughs> to that, but like in an old grandmother voice. So yeah. like it was nice. And like I brought her around like a bit. There's there some other ones like you could have her- old man Herc as well. Like so like yeah, it fit in with the world there, and they were for the most part pretty useful. And 
tied into the story as well. Like a lot of times you had to like do a mission or two to like recruit them and you can choose this one you want and then swap them out, whatever. And like, you know, I want to, I want to level grandma up. So I'll bring her on this mission or whatever. Yeah. I thought it was pretty well done. I said that too often in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to level up grandma, you know? So yeah, man, like I can't really think of I pretty much covered all the ones I had on my uh, list directly. So I had, I had a couple oh, yeah, of okay. other ones. So, uh, I, you and I talked about this a little bit. I think yesterday, mm. but uh, so like I Uncharted, Uncharted had uh, Sully and Chloe yep. and and your brother. Uh, uh, I think it was Sam. If I yeah, I want to say Sam, but um, and they were they were good. Like they they were mechanically useful in that game, and they were. Mm. I, I feel like every character in the game is like at least fifty percent comic relief. But like, <laughs> uh, on top of that, you kind of build this. So whoever you're with, you kind of build a sense of like. Uh, camaraderie right, yeah, for sure. with whatever character you're with at that point. Like, and that that's a series that did that pretty well. Yeah, so, you're right. I agree with that. To be fair, like they were well acted and well written, but also a linear, more linear yep. game. Yeah, that's true so, too, for sure. And same with this other one I'm going to mention, uh, Alex Vance from Half Life Two is with you for a lot of that game, and then most of the episode one and two, yeah. I believe, um, if I recall correctly. So. Yeah, I mean, th- those are just a two couple that I wanted to give a shout out to. I already mentioned Otacon earlier, who is my other one, uh, and isn't really perhaps a companion per se in the in the way that we're talking about them. Um, He's more of a character, not like a mechanical companion. But yeah. again, like we've we've sort of roughly um, decided upon the divisions of them thereof. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, there's one more. Um, this this one you also added last minute a bit. Um, it's funny because the companion cube. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! From, how, how could I forget <laughs> from Porto, Right. So like. It's not a character per se. It doesn't talk. It's a fucking. Oh, it's like, a character. It's an inanimate thing, but it becomes a character. You have emotions towards right. that cube, and also, and it's, it's mechanical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I I never felt anything for the companion cube. What? You're a monster. Yeah, you're a heartless <laughs> monster. That's true, but uh, <laughs> you're you're Glados. <laughs> you are Glados. I'd be I'd be proud of uh, <laughs> becoming an AI, uh, a, a malevolent AI of, in my later years of sure. creating that great song. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe it's a good one to sort of like wrap up or close up a bit because like it's a, technically it's rendered as an inanimate object, but somehow you form a relationship or like if you have any feelings whatsoever, you possibly form a relationship with it, but you that, also need it to solve the puzzles in the game. Yeah, that early day Valve stuff was so good. Half Life Portal. Yep. Left for Dead they did too, right? Uh, they published them. I don't think they developed a bit, but I don't remember offhand. But yeah, they had something to do with Left for Dead for sure. If only, well, you guys know. Anyway, <laughs> no. If, if you guys can think of any other ones or anything I missed, or ones you want to say, Star Fox is a good one. I have to say, like I didn't even think about it at all, but it works within the framework. So yeah, I just, I just think it's interesting. Like you said, Sivo, I want to see more games kind of like Plague Tale. Not only was it a well done double A like level of game with a great story, it just happened to be framed around a la God of War, like a relationship between you as the player as one character and an important other companion that grew and evolved and also had gameplay elements yeah. attached to it as well. I would like, perhaps not in this episode, but in a, another episode, discussing, in a sense, how you build relationships with companion-like characters mm. throughout games, particularly in the aspect of romance, which is a big thing in uh, video games today. I think there's a lot to explore and there. That's a good part. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys recall, I'll do a quick callback from way back in the when early days of podcasting. We did Empathy in games. Oh, that was like our third episode. Yeah, it was very, yes. very early. So, like, we touch upon that, and perhaps we can revisit and revamp it, given yeah. uh, that one and now this one. Yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, for all you out there, if anybody has any companions that they didn't hear about yeah, on ship, this list, ship the ones please if, let us know. If there's some, like, obscure game or just game we haven't been familiar with that features it, like, do it. Yeah. 
And answer, how many companion cues would you sacrifice to save <laughs> one human life? <laughs> Depends which human life I'm yeah, saving. How about that? That's what I was going to say. Depends on the human life. But yeah, man, I think that'll probably do it. Uh, and like I said, any final thoughts or anything um, popped into your mind that nah. didn't mention? All right, so cool. Yeah, like I said, this has been Games and Gaming Culture with my companions. I guess I'll, t- I'll take the companion role. I've been Scott Thurlow, <laughs> and I've been here with my party members. We'll go with Jonathan Ian Manzer. Daddy screamed real good when he died. <laughs> Before he died. <laughs> and Stephen Rosie. Have a good day, night, whatever you're having. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining the Lost Signals Games and Gaming Culture. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows and more, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates. 